We've looked at four ingredients for biblical sexuality. We looked at oneness, twoness, sameness, and goodness. And on this episode, we look at the fifth ingredient. Stay with us. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey friends, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching Inverse and in the studio with me are Jonathan Sebastian and Siku and I want to say hi to you guys. Aloha. We are talking about biblical sexuality. Yes, this has been a very heavy topic, yeah. a very, very spiritual topic for, you know, it's a, it's a weird combination of the two, but we're finding a lot of, of, uh, of overlap and we want to encourage you guys to, to join our conversation on social media and to go to inversebible.org and you can also get the Bible study guides, but our topic is biblical sexuality. So if you have minors in the room or in the car when you're listening through podcasts or whatnot, maybe mindful that this is this there's some adult subject matter at hand. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1 where the see the beginning of all this. We have covered, uh, as I mentioned in the opener, different principles of biblical sexuality. Mm -hmm. uh, sexuality is a theme, and these are the five principles that you see common uh, in, in every every scenario. And we're gonna look at the fifth uh, ingredient, which is a spicy ingredient, if you will. Uh, <laughs> maybe not the right adjective to use for, for biblical sexuality, but let's pray. Uh, and Sebastian, can you can you go to uh, Genesis chapter one? And Siku, can you pray for us before yep. we actually read the Bible? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yes, let's pray. <laughs> Loving Father, we're thankful for your word. Um, we pray that you would guide us into all truth, that you would open our minds, um, not just to understand, but to be willing to align our lives with the truths that we learn from you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Sebastian, verse 26 through 28, please. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Thanks, mm -hmm. thanks. Uh, we looked at different principles of biblical sexuality. So we covered, the uh, first one was oneness, is that uh, when, when two <coughs> people have uh, physical intimacy, they become one entity in, in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. uh, another uh, ingredient is the two-ness. You have two individuals, not one, not three. We looked at also goodness, that you could have everything be, be great, all the parameters that God has designed be great, but if you don't believe that sexuality is good, that's going to be a horrible uh, experience. Absolutely. And, and there are a lot of people who, who have that, that presupposition. Mm -hmm. Let's see, what else? What are, what's another pre uh, principle that sameness. we've covered? Sameness. sameness. We are human to human. Mm. And we looked at what human nature is and the social and the emotional and the spiritual uh, definition of humanity. And on this week, we look at difference. Yes, there is a difference. Yeah. And so um, we looked at here, what, verse 27, male and female, mm. he created them. Jonathan, why, why is the principle of difference an, an important ingredient regarding in biblical sexuality? Mm -hmm. 
That's a, that's a loaded question, but... Uh, <laughs> study. <laughs> fully loaded. Yes, but I really, I think this scripture um, mm -hmm. helps us to understand the foundation for it. In verse 26, you know, God says, let us make uh, man, mm -hmm. meaning mankind, mm -hmm. in our image. So God is saying, um, you know, to himself within the Godhead, let us create a new species, so to say, to that, that reflects... Um, who the Godhead is, mm -hmm. reflect something about, you know, is in our image, mm -hmm. not a copy, but a reflection of that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the, it seems that this reflection uh, from God's perspective um, has to have um, aspects that where there's differences. So, mm -hmm. he, he, you know, you have the Godhead, your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. There's three. We know they are one mm -hmm. in purpose and mind and in, in everything, right? But there's still three um, personalities. Mm -hmm. And so, in order to create a creation that it, that reflects that, God decided I'm going to have male and female, mm -hmm. um, and you will find that you know in the animal kingdom as well. So uh, th that is, but it, here especially in the image of God, you know, um, you have an elevation obviously above the animal kingdom uh, with humanity, but God wanted uh, humanity to to reflect his image in a way where you see that there are different aspects, different roles. Um, and so that's why he created the, you know, the two genders, mm -hmm. male and... You know, your, your, your comments really reminds me of one of the deepest uh, problems of philosophy, mm. right? One of the deepest, you know, the, the primordial challenges is, is how do you have unity and diversity right. together? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and we are, and this impacts every discipline, every, every field of study. How do you have all these differences and how do you have same and how do they really come together and I mean people philosophers and theologians and you know dentists I mean we've been trying to find different ways to kind of connect these two and they just humanly speaking they don't right right even on the American dollar we have you know pluribus um, unum yes uh, which means out of, out of many one out of many one like so how do you have you know all this and these are the political uh, current political challenges that we're in how do you how, how does this occur and we find that solution really being in the Godhead yes, yeah as you right. mentioned you see diversity you see unity right and God is trying to reproduce that in humanity so mm -hmm. these are co cool themes that you find in right. scripture right at Genesis 1 and and this is a, a beautiful way to also expose society for the perversions of this idea mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and how different cultures esteem the woman over the man or they esteem the man over the woman right. mm -hmm. and how that affects sexuality right how that affects their perspective on intimacy and how each person has a role in that intimacy mm -hmm. and so whether you're getting into you know the Oracle of Delphi in, in Greek culture and and that takes you to some very interesting associations with sexuality there mm -hmm. and then you get to obviously a, a society that's very heavily driven by uh, pornographic material and that type of stuff that seems to be very degrading to women from a very male-dominated perspective mm -hmm. of sexuality. Yeah. And I believe that that's where this principle of difference hmm. really helps to kind of ground society in terms of God's intention was that each gender would represent his glory in a composite and individual fashion at yes. the same time. Oh, that's an interesting thing. You know, say that one more time. That's, so that's that, a tweetable thing there. <laughs> <laughs> so that each gender would represent the glory of God in an individual and in a composite way at the same yes. time. So it's not that one is no less than the image of God, but yet there is more right. that comes in the composite of bringing and, both genders together. And you see that in verse 27. I mean, mm -hmm. he said, God created man in his own image, and then in the image of God, he created him. Mm -hmm. Male and female, he created them. Mm -hmm. So God makes it very clear, man and women, they are equal, 
there's no like somebody who's less worth or the man over the woman as right. it less mostly is, right, right? right? Or the woman over the man. Mm -hmm. It is there's equality, uh, but as you said, they 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 each reflect God, an aspect of God, and then when they're together as one flesh, as we already studied, um, and this is you know not just sexually, but e everything that has to do with marriage, mm -hmm. it is the fullest. You know, if it's the, if it's taking place in the context of, of a relationship with Jesus, it's the fullest revelation of of God that humans can can give mm -hmm. uh, together. Mm -hmm. But it, it, still, there's an individual uh, a reflection as well, uh, just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have different show us different aspects of God's character, mm -hmm. but they all reflect together true love, what what you know real love is. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to, to say I think part of why there is an attack on you know this this concept of of whether you know like the unity in, in the in diversity mm -hmm. is because it does it's hard to articulate right so philosophers or theologians have a hard time articulating how do you have you, you know unity in diversity mm -hmm. but it's something that you can experience mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so when you're when you're in that relationship where you recognize that i am an individual my spouse is an individual and yet we are one you know there's it's it's experientially palpable mm -hmm. even though it's hard to verbally articulate mm -hmm. and it seems that God recognizes that in, in terms of revealing himself he had to create an experience mm -hmm. that would help us to understand Beautiful. something about him yes. yeah. and I think that's part of why this is under attack because ultimately right ultimately it it, it, it hinders our ability to understand something about God mm. um, or some things about God. And, and, it brings, and, and brings a certain reverence, right, mm -hmm. to the fact that things that you experience that you cannot articulate, yes. you consider to be very sacred and special. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't really put this into words, what I just experienced, but I want to treasure and protect that. Mm -hmm. yes. and, I, and I think that the, the point that you're making about God giving us an experience just shows his forethought and understanding, right? When he designed us that you won't understand this any other way. And yet those who try to intellectually attain to it have to humble themselves before the process that God put in place for that understanding to be achieved. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there's a way to achieve this without it. If I can just intellectually or philosophically mm -hmm. explain it or theologically when God's like, no, the only way for Adam and Eve to know this mm -hmm. in the way that they truly understand it is in that experience of diversity. You know, my thoughts, I, I'm thinking of the, the male and female, too often in media, going back to episode one, mm -hmm. uh, you can go to Hope TV, hope, hope, uh, tv.org slash inverse and look at past episodes, by the way. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> yeah, these scripts are in society and there's medias around and yeah. too often we see these ro 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 uh, romantic comedies and you complete me, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And I need to find, if I'm a male, I have to find my female counterpart and together we complete each other. Yeah. But this text is kind of uh, going against that. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not, we're not completing each other. We, we, we create a composite picture of God mm -hmm. together. So there is a third party element in all mm -hmm. this. Uh, it works together. Uh, I want to ask, um, I will go back to, I forget who said it, but uh, this, this picture of God. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's actually go into the, the, the male and the mm -hmm. female paradigms here. And let's, let's look at female. What are some examples? Like why, why, why did God create female? 
Why, what, why, what, what does the female gender reveal about God? Siku? As a representative of all women in the history of the expert. universe, uh, <laughs> you're the resident expert. Technically, Break I mean, it down. Really, you are because uh, you are the only. You're the only the one. one here. The only. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> she can't hear you now. <laughs> what are some aspects? I mean, we can just some, have some conversation about. I mean, um, what <laughs> the the first example that comes to my mind, which I think automatically comes to most people's mind when you think about the prototypical female in scripture is Proverbs 31. Okay. Right. That's oh. kind of like the like when you think of the ideal woman, you know, <laughs> in the Bible, you think Proverbs 31, <laughs> and you know, it's it's really a, an intense picture of what femininity looks like, which actually counters a lot of what the, society the, the dominant mm -hmm, stereotype is of what women look like. Siku, hold that thought. After the break, we're going to look at what does the Bible say women should be, what does society say women should be, and compare to two. This is Inverse. I'm Justin Kim. We'll see you after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We are looking at how does the world and how does the Bible portray women, and Siku is going to solve this problem for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talking know about Proverbs thirty-one. Yeah. Proverbs oh, it thirty-one. Is revolutionary. It is. Yes, it, it is. is. It is. Because um, a lot of times, uh, and depending on you know the cultural background we come from, the society we live in, mm. there are certain ideas of what a woman is like whether you know a woman should be you know frail and she can't do anything so she needs the man and the reason she needs the man to open the door is because oh she's so weak you know um which is not why she the man should open the door um, right right um and and there are these these ideas of what a woman is or she's you know she's in charge of everything you know like basically men are appendages and useless actually they make life harder than it needs to be. Wow. You know, they can Let's have go all to these the different Bible. views. Let's go to Proverbs <laughs> chapter 31. But and Proverbs some, 31 some, says. Some verses. Yeah, let's, right. let's, let's go there. Let's go. But uh, yes, there, there, there are these sentiments in, in, mm -hmm. in society. You are right. And different cultures have different. And we got to be very careful. Again, just with the scripts, we got to be very careful just because the culture or society pushes a certain idea. Mm. And there is one verse that kind of alludes to it, does not give biblical support to that. Mm -hmm. We actually have to see how scripture portrays the, the the female gender. Uh, there are some verses in, in Proverbs 31 that really jump out mm -hmm. that are, are a real challenge. Uh, what what are some of those? That are challenging? Mm -hmm. um, for instance, it talks in verse 15. Verse 15. 31, mm -hmm. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Mm -hmm. So you have a woman who is actually providing food for her household, mm. which, you know, can be jarring to some people's ears. Um, <laughs> in verse 16, <laughs> in verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. The woman is enterprising. Yes. She's that, business that savvy. That is where, where I was like, wow, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. She's looking mm -hmm. at profit. She's looking yep. at return of investment. Entrepreneur. She's entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. All verse, day. verse 17, she girds herself with strength mm -hmm. and strengthens her arms. So this is, she's strong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like most of Proverbs 31 actually counters a lot of the way that women are viewed, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's not contrary to what the rest of the Bible says about women, but it, it actually 
puts it in the in its right framework. Mm -hmm. So just because in verse 11 it says yeah. the heart of her husband safely trusts in her, mm -hmm. so he will have no lack of gain. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like it does frame it where the husband it seems, you know, is is somewhat in charge of the household and so he trusts her so that he does not lack yeah. right so he's kind of like somehow like overarching you know like in terms of how things are managed in the home and yet him having trust in her p gives her a position of responsibility you know of of um um, I'm looking, agency, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm. Um, she has agency in that role as someone who is entrusted with, mm. you know, overseeing certain things in the household. Mm -hmm. And that's just because if a woman is meant to support in a supportive role where she's supporting her husband, doesn't mean that she lacks agency. Mm -hmm. She lacks the ability to think about how to go about things and how to process. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. There's one chapter, chapter 31, that's dedicated to, to females, but you have uh, 1 through 30 dedicated to males. So right. the ideal woman is found in 31. The ideal males, you got to read chapter 30 chapters to become the ideal male, which already shows you the... <laughs> No, no. All joking aside, yeah, the principles yeah, yeah. are adapted to all of, are applicable for all of us. Yeah. Oh, other other principles, other things that that the female gender reveals about God's image. Wanted to go to um, Isaiah uh, chapter sixty-six. Isaiah sixty-six, hmm? and um, looking in verse thirteen. Thirteen, Isaiah sixty-six and verse thirteen. The Bible says, "As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, mm -hmm. and you shall be comforted." In Jerusalem mm -hmm. and he's um, referring to the Gentiles but this idea of God comparing his ability to comfort us with a mother comforting you know her child mm -hmm. to me is one of the ways in which you know women really display the glory of God mm -hmm. and I see this you know with my own parents as well as even in my home as a, as a father with my wife is that there's ways that I can comfort my kids as a father, but it's just different. You know, when my wife comes in, you know, with gentle touch and her tone of voice and everything, it's just like, for my kids, you know, she is the sun, right? She is gravity. Like, that's how I orient myself, you know, versus, you know, Papa solves the really big complicated problems. <laughs> and it's like, can you help me get this off the top of the fridge because it's too high versus, you know, deep emotional distress. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to mama because... I know mama will understand, mama will be able to guide me through this situation uh -huh. safer than I feel with, with papa, which it seems like my kids look at me more so from a perspective of um, admiration and satisfaction, like I did what he asked me to do, mm -hmm. versus with her, they want to be in harmony and unity. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that comfort that, that God um, mm -hmm. portrays through the mother and through the woman. There, there are many verses in scripture yes. that talk about the mother's comfort, the mother's pain also mm -hmm. uh, when losing a child. And not just also a human mother, but also in, in the animal Animals, world yes. of like, you know, a mother hen or a mother uh, bear, bear yeah. whose mm -hmm. cubs have been, I mean, there's the ferocity, the passion, the strength, oh, the yeah. vindic, vind, uh, vindictive nature. I mean, not that God is vindictive, but He yeah. is quite passionate, quite uh, fervent when His children are hurt. That's right. So not that it's not that females are this, you know, gentle and the the, the nicer, sparkly gender, and, and males <laughs> are like this. The female can be quite assertive yes. in its in its its, its manifestation in its fear. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm gonna move to 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 the male gender here. Uh, there, there's many many verses 
just for, for female, but also for male, what are some of these attributes that masculinity reveals about the image of God? Um, Jonathan. Uh, one that I really like is in Ephesians. If Ephesians. we go there real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, if we go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And here verse 22 and 23. It says here, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and mm -hmm. he is the savior of the body. So here Paul is, you know, uh, this is obviously sometimes a controversial verse, because, oh, submission and whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you read the whole section, you will see that submission is mutual. Uh, mm -hmm. Wives submit to your husbands, husbands submit to your wives, right? Okay, so there's an equality here. But then we see here for the male, in verse 23, the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. He's the savior of the body. So what has Christ done for his people? What has Christ mm -hmm. done for his church? He has given himself up to the uttermost, complete right. um, surrender and yeah. submission uh, for the purpose of saving his people, right? Mm -hmm. And so the man uh, is, to, is to live not just for his wife, but for his family as a leader, a Christ-like leader who, mm -hmm. who lives so that they will be uplifted and drawn closer to Christ. There is a, a leadership role um, that has to do with, you know, uh, le leading, by, leading with love, leading right. with truth. Servant leadership. Servant leadership, exactly. And also the, the giving, like you bring out, the, mm -hmm. the, the male is giving of himself. Yes. Which, you know, if we're going to suggest in any position of strength, right, in this, ma this masculine element, you know, that to me is a critical component yes. that God is revealing in himself. Mm -hmm. And I, this is something I've tried to communicate to my son who may be naturally stronger than his sisters. Mm -hmm. and, and the recognition that, listen, you're not stronger than them to dominate them or to overcome them, right. but to protect them and to support them in the things Serve that they're trying to yes. do. And that shift in his mind completely undid all his desire to fight with his sisters. Wow. And literally since that conversation, mm -hmm. all the discipline and you know spankings or whatever would not convince him to stop fighting or hitting. But the recognition that because I'm a boy, because I'm stronger than my sisters, yes. I'm here to protect them, completely went away. Mm -hmm. And now that shift in his mind that, okay, this is why God made me this way. Hmm. And I feel like that's important to what you're driving at to redefine masculinity not as proving strength mm. but utilizing it in behalf of the weak that's right. and that could be intellectual that could be financial it could be in so many if the other categories yeah uh, and us talking about each gender revealing different aspects about God's image mm -hmm. uh, it sees it seems that that there is this 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 uh, concept of need emerges mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. one gender needs the other gender and yes. and one gender is not the complete manifestation right. of God's image but needs right. another to complement mm -hmm. together and together they create this 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 package at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Yep. Question is is you know we we do live in a society where we see same sex same uh, same sex attraction. Uh, uh, some people call it homosexuality. There's different names for it. Yeah. It's more and more prevalent today. Uh, the Bible is quite strong against this. Mm -hmm. As how do we today interact with with with, with this milieu mm -hmm. uh, as Bible believing Christians and uh, how should we? What was what is the what is some, some guiding principles in that? Uh, I think uh, one, the first thing as Christians that we need to do is to acknowledge mm -hmm. that uh, this is the experienced reality for people. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people who feel same-sex attraction mm -hmm. and they don't know why or mm -hmm. wherever it comes from. So they feel it's natural, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And we have to acknowledge that that is a reality and it's not just something they put into their mind, okay? Yes. Some people might choose it, 
just because of whatever, you know, they're pansexual or whatever you call it. But there is, a, there is an element of people who feel genuinely this is how they are. And mm -hmm. we have to acknowledge it, even if the Bible says that that is not, um, should not be lived out uh, and expressed, you know, you in, know in, a, in a relationship. Another principle, Justin, uh, that I found is the Bible says in, in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful above all things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the understanding of deception in believing a lie whether it be that I can never change this condition or that God is not able to support me through this process, I think demonizing different sins and experiences yeah. is what creates a barrier for discussion. Mm -hmm. And the people that I've related to who either have a bend that direction or are actively pursuing that lifestyle, we're able to relate because I can bring down the demonization yes. as if this person is, you know, has like COVID-19, right? And this thing is like super contagious and I can be right. infected and like it's gonna affect my spiritual life because mm -hmm. I'm talking to someone practicing a same-sex lifestyle or in a same-sex marriage. And I can't go to their home, I can't have dinner yeah. with them. And to me, that's so counter to Jesus yes. and his ability to understand. I can sit down with wine bibbers and sinners and people who other people in society may despise mm -hmm. because I, I recognize that in this condition, God has an answer. God yes. has a solution and, and Jesus is able to meet right. that. Mm -hmm. But in order to bring that solution, you have to come close. Yes. And that's, but that's, that's the thing that we're That's what I meant. We're As we acknowledge the, the situation uh, we, and we stop demonizing, we can then show compassion yes. and, and friendship yes. and help help them in their journey, just like with any other sin that there's out there. Yes. We need and I can tell you honestly that many conversations I've had in this space, yes. once that is gone right. as a stigma, the openness of conversation yes. about it and how it came about and how they even think about it on a deep personal level is much more fluid. That is right. And then allows for true ministry to take place. You know, we, we as a church may have not articulated our positions quite well regarding homosexuality in the mm -hmm. sense that it is, according to 1 Corinthians 6, it is a sin. Yeah. We need to be very practicing clear about that, practicing sin, but it is amongst the list of same as adulterers, uh, thieves, drunkards, and revilers. Yeah. Yeah. So we somehow, there is this notion that it is the worst sin, right. sexual sins are high, but it is not. Mm -hmm. uh, too often we emphasize you must change for us to embrace you, yes. right? right. Oh, uh, but we must embrace, just like we embrace any other sinner, mm -hmm. uh, we are in the same boat, and that hasn't been clearly uh, articulated quite quite so well true the other thing is we ha we need to also emphasize not so much change but together the hope of change yes. to, uh, as, as, a, mm. as a corporate body Good right point. that hope is what unites us so that we, when we hang out with a drunkard we're like until you change and I see evidence and then I see 15 years of whatever I'm gonna <laughs> shun you away from our family no we right. work with that person and we love mm. that person together we want to encourage you out there that this is a very difficult topic and we are all struggling and trying to find our way but the bearings are found in Scripture. So we really want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and get the Bible study guides and study the text. There are many texts out there regarding same-sex attraction, talking about the principle of difference and how this is well, God's envision for, for happiness for humanity. This is our prayer, prayer and hopefully that's yours. We want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org inverse and also see past episodes about biblical sexuality and also the other quarters that we looked at other books of the Bible. We want to ask you to continue the conversation on social media, on our handle, Inverse Bible. We'll see you next week as we look at more principles of biblical sexuality. God bless you. 
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.